Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Culture. Hey guys, welcome to New Winter Cults and Culture and this week's Minnesota. So I'm just going to give you a brief rundown on stuff I've been watching or playing or interacting with in some way. And yeah, just letting you know what I thought about it, um, you know, if it's any good or not. So uh, yeah, it's been a few things. I watched Knives Out. This is the Ryan Johnson um, murder mystery and I hated it. <laughs> um, the reason why is because, well, mainly it's got a really good cast and it's completely underutilized, if you ask me. Um, the main, I didn't realize this, but the main person in it is, uh, I can't remember her name now, but she's um, the one from uh, Blade Runner 2049, uh, the computer generated girlfriend. And she's been in a few other things as well. And she's basically the main culprit, the main culprit, um, the main uh, character. And yeah, so it's not really a murder mystery because they kind of tell you everything in the first half hour and then the rest of it is a kind of sequence of events where I don't, I don't know I don't really understand why it's been marketed as a murder mystery because it's not it's not that there's not like these clues and little bits coming up and then you know and then it's like oh oh it all clocks into place now there's an element of that but the thing is the whole point that drives a murder mystery is you don't know who's done it and with this they've kind of gone but well, this is kind of what happened. But then there's like something like I'm trying to do is keeping it spoiler free, obviously. Then something a bit later down the line means that this or this happened or whatever. And then actually it's been all this. And it's like, yeah, that's probably the most boring answer you could have had to this whole film. And it's just really poorly written. Um, and it kind of continues. I, I really liked Brick, which Ryan Johnson did. And I liked Looper as well. But the thing with Looper is I was thinking that felt more style over substance as well. And it's the same with this. Um, but yeah, you've got some cracking like people in there. And you know, some of them only have like a few lines. Like Jamie Lee Curtis was hardly in it at all. Like Michael Shannon, I love Michael Shannon. And I was like, oh, he's a really interesting character. Doesn't really do much. Um, Daniel Craig is ridiculous. His accent is ridiculous. Everything about him is ridiculous. Um, 
And he kind of gives like the big explanation at the end that you'd expect of a murder mystery. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, it's not really, it's not Sherlock Holmes, is it really? Um, and yeah, it's just really like not great. I don't think it was particularly well shot. I thought it was quite boring. It's over two hours long as well. Um, so yeah, when people are saying, oh, you know, it got Oscar nominated, by the way, for its screenplay. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The the main pull of it was that I was like, when it introduced the cast of characters and it was, in, and it was interviewing them at the beginning, I was like, this is good. I can deal with this. This is interesting. It's an interesting bunch of characters, the way they've interacted. And they've took the most boring character and made her the centre of attention. And it's like, you know, what's that about? So, yeah, awful. Um, yeah, sorry if you can hear that play. I'm going to just keep going anyway. Um, I also saw The House That Jack Built, which is a Lars von Trier film. Now, this I really liked, and it's weird, because halfway through, I hated it. And then I had a real turnaround by the end, because I suddenly got it, and I understood what it was about, because there was a, cer- there was a certain bit in the middle, and I won't, I won't ruin it, where I was just like, this is too much. Like, this is misogynistic and it's like violence for violence sake and oh it's just dreadful and then yeah when I got to the end I was like oh wait hold on it's so for one thing it's a it's kind of a comedy in a really weird way um very very dark comedy and then you realize that um the main character who's played by um I was about to say Kevin Dillon Matt Dillon is purposefully He's not like, it's kind of a critique on the nature of true crime and, you know, uh, the films and podcasts and TV series that kind of come out, you know, well, kind of like this as well a bit, right? Where um, people get obsessive about um, serial killers and murderers and stuff like that. And there's certainly been a uh, more of a cultural move towards that. And basically they're playing up to that, but turning on his head because Matt Dillon is an idiot. <laughs> his character's an idiot. He's really pretentious and up himself. Um, but he's a horrible guy who thinks that he's great. He's thick as shit, so dumb. He's got all these like neuroses and all this stuff. Um, and you're actually supposed to dislike him. So whereas, and I read an interview which was um, talking about comparing it to the uh, Zac Efron, Ted Bundy thing, um, the name of which I forget, but how that doesn't show you the brutality of the murders and kind of makes Ted Bundy a bit more... Um, you know, dare I say it, like, more likeable, more empathetic, maybe. Um, Though, of course, people would, you know, deny that, and the filmmakers, I'm sure, would deny that. But the reason why the the violence and all this stuff is so bad, so, you know, all this, is because, um, that's in so gory, is because it's kind of showing you the, the real harsh brutality of what these, of what a murder is and what it takes. And it's one of those things where it's like, that always gets me, where it's like, I'm watching like action films or stupid silly stuff like whatever but when it's kind of dealing with a serial killer I find it does actually glorify murder and violence a bit more when there's less showing of it because it's making it more palatable almost so the idea that and you know there's there's times as well when you're watching something someone gets punched in the face or gets like cracked around the head with like an iron and I'm like that's brain damage that's crack your skull open kind of stuff but they're kind of okay and it's like oh it's fine and it's like you know watch these things going has any of these people actually been like hit in the face properly you know i have (laughs) and it's like has anyone actually had a proper like smack and it's like you know you don't just kind of you know when you've really been knocked like that 
you don't just kind of shrug it off. Um, not to go too far down that road. But yeah, so the house that Jack built is a little bit like that. So it's got these horrible, grotesque murders. It's got a completely unlikable character. The film doesn't even like him. It doesn't portray him as anything, but then you have like, and the kind of narrative that's working across it is that he's basically like walking through, well, you don't really know at first, but I kind of hazard it. It was hell in the way he's talking. So it's like this devil character or some, some sort who's listening to his story. And this guy's like, I don't want to hear it. Or like, you like all the, you like all the rest of them. And it's kind of this conscience of not only Jack himself, maybe, but also the audience and also kind of the filmmaker. So I found that really intriguing and interesting. And also it's kind of a critique on Lars von Trier himself. Like he even uses clips of his own film, films um, within it, uh, which is very strange um, and quite appealing. So it's like, and you know, there's like, he talks about five particular stories and it made me think of, um, you know, his film Five Obstructions. He talks about, you know, the whole thing of like, why is it that you, the murders you talk to me about are all women and they're all like stupid. Like, what is that? Do you just hate women and all this? But Tree has been, you know, there's been talk about that before with him. Um, and it's almost like a holding a mirror up to himself. Um, again, it's quite a long film. I saw the, thea- the theatrical cut. So, and there was an, uh, what's interesting about this movie is there was an uncut um, version released at the same time where um, where it had the, the horror, basically, the gore of it was a little bit more um, uh, up front. And that looks like it's it's only minimal, but it looks like it's probably a better cut. I don't, so I would probably recommend that because it's only about another 10 or 15 minutes. But it does kind of add to the awkwardness and the horror of, of these actual murders that takes place, especially one in the middle where it's like there are kids involved. And that's really tough to watch. But at the same time, the way it's kind of edited and cut between it, um, just I just thought it was really interesting. Um, and again, it didn't. I'm watching it and I'm horrified by the whole thing. And it's a tough watch, but it doesn't make you sympathise with the killer. It's like he is a horrible, sadistic m- murderer. He's misogynist. He's nasty. And the fact that he, um, you know, it's not, and the fact that he never gets caught and all this stuff is basically because no one seems to care. There's like an, an element of stupidity towards everyone else you know, the modern day public and maybe and all this stuff. So I haven't gone down too far down that kind of political um, social commentary route. But um, yeah, those are kind of some of the things I was playing with. So it's really weird because I did go from what is this? I hate this to I understand this. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's quite a cool little character study on someone who's just completely unlikable, but fascinating, but also completely in a boring way as well. Um, and it's worth checking out. Like I'm a really big fan of Lars von Trier and I like that he pushes boundaries and I like that he, um, does extreme stuff. Um, and that's for me, you know, being a brave filmmaker, I know he's made some comments in the past and all this stuff, which he's apologized for, or like I've been thrown out of context or whatever it might be. Um, but for me, he is one of the most original filmmakers and yet, um, I feel like he's never really like made it, made it. He's still kind of that everyone looks at him with a real like arty kind of mirror, which lens, which he is, 
But at the same time, that's nothing that should put you off. He makes you think. He makes you, as I said, like I went through like a complete weird emotional journey with with this film um, in terms of regarding the film itself. Um, So, yeah, and I I can't think of any other films that have maybe do that recently at at least. So, yeah, anyway, last one to you, The House That Jack Built. Do try and check it out. And if you can, check out the uncut one just because it's that little bit more disturbing but yeah sorry i was gonna say the interesting thing is they were released so close to each other um that uh yeah they had to they had to do something with the cinema chains or something because um it was seen as a double release or something like that like you're not allowed to release the same film too closely to each other even if it is a cut or uncut version because essentially there's no point in showing a cut version if the uncut version is going to be shown at the same time if that makes sense interesting um, talking about cuts and uncuts, I also saw Uncut Gems, which um, uh, stars Adam Sandler, and it's by the Safdie, I think they're called. Um, I can't remember now because I've got it in front of me. Brothers who did Good Time, which I really liked and I had talked about in my top 10 films of the decade. Um, and this is very similar in a sense of it's an anxiety attack <laughs> for a bit longer this time. Um, uh, yeah, again, over two hours. And... It's got the whole thing with people talking over each other. And halfway through, I was exhausted, absolutely exhausted, because um, it was draining, because it did make me anxious. And the problem was is that he just makes this string of bad decisions and nothing seems to work out in his favour. And then when it does, he screws it up, <laughs> Adam Sandler's character. And you're with him for pretty much, you know, I'd say like 90 to 95% of the whole movie. Um and then you're just, you don't, the problem I had with it was, one, I didn't find it stylistically as good as Good Time whatsoever. Two, I thought some of it was a little bit um, just not that engaging, really. I don't really understand why it got a lot of Oscar hype. Adam Sandler was okay in it, um, played a very serious Adam Sandler thing, and he was fine. A lot of talking, a lot of energy to have to hold this thing, a lot of, improvisation I imagine to talk around you know all the kind of different things that are going on great um but it what it did just feel like whereas with good time you've kind of got an immediate anxiety attack in terms of there's an immediate problem that needs to be solved there's a something that you know once that's kind of solved it might lead to another problem but that's kind of done with and you can put that part away with uncut gems the whole thing is there's the bigger, there's one big anxiety kind of going on, um, which is, I'm not going to ruin it, but like he has to get something basically. So even though he's having all these little obstacles and he's having these problems, he's trying to get money from here and there because he's a bad gambler and all this stuff. You've still got that one big problem hanging over it all. So that like, it doesn't let up. There's no like actual relief or release. And when with good time, you kind of got that, even if it led on to another situation, at least you had that that you didn't have with Uncut Gems. And as a result, I just found Uncut Gems frustrating. I didn't find Good Time frustrating. I found Uncut Gems very frustrating. And there are times where, like, oh, they can't get the door open, where I was like, come on, like, you're literally doing this. Like, of course, you're doing it on purpose, but it's like, you know, I just think you're asking too much, basically. You're doing this stupid. It's the equivalent of, like... um, you know, like a scare jump in a horror movie or something like that, but the one that, you know, felt undeserved. You're like, why is that happening here? I don't need, you know, I don't need it. Just engage with me. Like, and this is what 
it felt like with moments like that. Um, and yeah, I know there's a sense of like greed and what this represents and the blood and violence that goes towards, um, almost like a curse really in terms of like gems <laughs> and all this stuff like blood diamond a little bit or whatever. But yeah, just not as good, not nearly as good as good time. If you liked it, I would say go watch Good Time, but Good Time was a million times better. And Robert Pattinson was a much better actor in it as well. Adam Sandler was okay. Um, he was all right, fine. Uh, but yeah, I really, you know, he won Best Actor at the, you know, Indie Spirit Awards and they got Best Director directors at the Indie Spirits Awards as well. And um, yeah, I can kind of see why, but I'm just like, this isn't the film. Like, Good Time should have been the film. Um, but, but that's just me personally. Anyway, uncut gems. Uh, what else? So, um, also watched Terminator, Dark Fate. And that was n- not as bad as some of the other films, um, that uh, Terminator films that have come out recently, but it was still pretty bad. The main problem is that they've made Sarah Connor, who's Linda Hamilton's character, they've tried to make her like a bit darkly funny and a bit like of a wise ass wise cracker and uh yeah it didn't work such a shame so where she was this like strong determined focused they tried to give her the classic kind of like yeah whatever kid kind of thing like i'm old and it's like yeah i don't it's not really what i wanted her to grow up as <laughs> um grow up but like get you know become this like old haggard like you know the whole part of it and she talks about how like she spent all this time like killing terminators that keep getting brought back Okay, when they, I'm not going to ruin this either, and don't worry, keep it spoiler free. Um, try, you know, trying not to, you can presume Arnie's in it, um, which I think he's on the cover, so I'd be surprised if he wasn't. That's a bit ridiculous, and the whole thing around it, and I just didn't buy it, um, because he's kind of brought in about over halfway into the film, so there's no real, like, pathos or, like, you know, you don't really know him. And not that you did particularly in Terminator 2, but there was a growth there and there was a character arc. And this kind of tries to have one, but it doesn't really. Um, The main girl in it, um, who's the new Terminator, was really good. She was probably the best thing about it, Um, the kind of saviour in terms of trying to keep this other woman safe. And the woman who's like the new John Connor or whatever apparently is terrible, awful, completely unbelievable and ridiculous and even the flash forwards into the future when you see her whatever it's just like there's no way this woman is commanding anything of anyone um how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And that was the thing, is that like when you saw... Like in Terminator 2 with John Connor, even though he was this like little you know, Edward Furlong, he's this little like, you know, long haired kid, like whatever, man. The, in the flash thing you see him was this like hardened, like soldier. And with this one, like she's still got, it looks like, you know, not hairs out of place. And it's like, there's no, there is zero um, gravitas to her whatsoever. So I didn't really get that. Um, the new bad guy Terminator um, was weird. I liked his Terminatoriness. Um, I won't tell you what his kind of powers are as such, but I quite enjoyed the fact that basically it was like a mix of both the old Terminators, if that makes sense. Um, and that was interesting. Story-wise, I completely, I, you know, whatever, it's just Terminator 1 again. And I was saying this, I said this on Twitter, at a new winter, which was... Um, that what people forget is that Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 are horror films. They're doled up as action films because they have action sequences and all this stuff. They are horror films. Especially Terminator 1 is a slasher flick. Terminator 2 is, again, another um, is another horror film, but just more action-orientated. Um, and it's still like a slasher flick, really, to be honest. Um, and with this one, there was just like, I didn't really feel anything. And I didn't think the action set pieces were that great. Um, but it was better than like Terminator Genesis, which, oh God, makes me want to cry thinking back to it. I didn't, I remember coming out not thinking it was that bad at the time. Um, but yeah, when I look back on it now, I'm just like, oh my God, Jesus, what was going on with that? So yeah, Terminator Dark Fate, watch it if you like, but don't expect anything from it. Um, I've been watching Picard as well, the new Amazon TV series, Star Trek, um, watched the first three episodes and it's pretty dire the first episode i thought was okay episodes two and three have just been nothing but exposition and talking and trying to get him into space and it's like this should all these three episodes should have been the first episode and the rest is just filler you need to have a script editor to cut it down and make it interesting because 
you, I cannot see how people are really going to stick to this that aren't Star, Star, Star Trek fans now. Um, and yeah, the fact that he's, it's only just now episode three, literally the end of it is them like, right, it's going to space. And you're like, what? How did you, how have I watched like an hour and a half or something? And this has just happened. Seriously. And all the stuff around it, all the kind of building up the story and stuff. I don't really, still don't really even understand what's going on. I don't really understand who anyone is. They add new people, talk about conspiracies and all this stuff or whatever. Okay, fine. Like, but can't you just sum it up and make it a bit more simple? Like, I don't really know or care about any of these people in play. And I don't really understand what you've set up. (laughs) I don't really understand what the overall conceit of this whole thing is. Sorry, Picard. I saw a film called uh, Nightmare Cinema. Mickey Rook's in it. There's a few other faces. Um, but Mickey Rook looks weird as well, by the way. Look at his face in it. It's not good. I mean, I know he's had loads of work done anyway, but he has had a lot more work done and it's very strange. So, yeah, I would honestly not bother with it. It's kind of like four short films done by, um, I think Joe Dante's done one actually, but you wouldn't be able to tell because all the quality is pretty dire, unfortunately, across all of them. Um there's like one where a kid um, get like some guy gets into his car and he's with his kid and his family and they kills his parents and his family are trying to get him to die and he sees the dead people um, because they want him to join them or something. I don't really understand what that one was about. Um, woman get has like a mark on her face and her bloke gets her to have plastic surgery and turns her um, into something else, which I won't give away, but it's pretty predictable from the immediate onset what's going to happen there's one about these little alien spiders or something but it's like a slasher thing a guy with a welder welding mask i quite liked how it kind of swapped halfway through but i was like yeah this isn't enough to hold me um and yeah there was another one i can't remember what that one oh a nurse a priest or something like this devil thing. Oh, no, that's just so dire. Anyway, it's an absolute waste of time. Nightmare cinema. A lot of people have been like, oh, I think it's quite good. Wish I hadn't seen it. It was such a waste of time. Um, a film I really liked seeing was The Lighthouse. I've done an episode on this, which will be coming out um, soon, uh, a few weeks, I think. And Robert Eggers. Um, and yeah, it's kind of in the same vein as The Witch. Um, and I won't go into it too much because I'm doing a whole episode on it. But I highly recommend checking it out because it feels different. It was slightly disturbing. And it's by the same, same guy that did The Witch, Vich, Witch. Um, and I recommend seeing that. That I still think that's the better film. If you liked that, definitely check out The Lighthouse. Uh, one um, series as well that I've watched, which was absolutely incredible, was Chernobyl. It's on HBO and it's Sky over here. And it's only five episodes. And it's maybe the best TV I've seen for ages like I had the same reaction to this that I did when I watched like the first series of Two Detective I was like it's amazing it's absolutely incredible VFX wise it's a horror film again it's like a horror TV series and the horror is real and it's a real thing and it's just like you're watching it like dumbfounded amazing 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 TV series Chernobyl please stop watching whatever you're watching and watch that um, another film I saw, Doctor Sleep, the a sequel to The Shining, um, which was okay. It took a while to get going, um, and 
I didn't mind it that much. I think I would have liked it better had it not been a sequel to The Shining. One thing I did like that they did was they had some of the characters from The Shining and the, you know, the people you see within the building um, back, but they got different people to play them rather than using likenesses or like, you know, doing a (laughs) CG version of these people or whatever, which would have been awful. Um, And I I liked that. It was like, yeah, do this the old-fashioned way where humans are playing the younger versions or alternate versions. Um, But yeah, Doctor Sleep, I didn't mind. I just thought I I would have liked it better had it just been its own thing rather than being a sequel to The Shining. Uh, I've also been watching Cheer, which is a Netflix series on cheerleading. And I am strangely obsessed about it, about the amount of effort that goes into it the injuries, which you do think, like when you're watching it, like, man, it's really dangerous stuff. And the series proves it is. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's been quite a quite cool thing to cool thing to watch. Um, and the game-wise, I'm playing Bloodborne on PlayStation 4 and going through my From Software phase still, and I am absolutely loving it. I might say I like it just as much as the first Dark Souls, which was my game of the decade, by the way. And... The reason why is it's more action orientated. It's got more push forward. Um, I like the kind of Lovecraftian aspect, gothic horror stuff of it, aesthetic. And yeah, I I tell you what, like if you if you're kind of thinking about getting into one of these games, Bloodborne might seem like you know it's quite um, it might seem like a massive undertaking at first, but it's actually not not too bad, and you can kind of get into it. I would still say start with the first Dark Souls, but uh, this is fine as well. And I'm I'm here to help as well. I'm quite happy to talk to people about Bloodborne or Dark Souls or whatever or anything, um, which kind of leads me to the end. So that's it for today. Uh, you can email us, newwinterpodcast at gmail.com or Twitter, newwinter, Instagram, newwinter. And yeah, that's it for the Minnesota for now. Hope you enjoyed it. Goodbye. Culture. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.